Hello and welcome to the Zero Clue Podcast. I'm joined by Montana Duke and Matt Owens. And why are we throwing our last names out there? I don't need people stalking me. Who are you though? And I'm Zeke Sanchez. Okay. Now, now people are going to be Facebook creeping on us. Yes. <laughs> All five listeners. Good luck finding me. I'm friends with him. And him. And him. And, oh. <laughs> um, and today we will be talking about Stan Lee. Uh, at the time of recording, it's probably been a week since his passing. Yeah, maybe a week so. and a half. And um, we'll miss you. We'll miss you, Stanley, and your cameos. Your fantastic cameos. Well, we got another five of those he recorded. That's true. It'll be like him be on the grave. <laughs> uh, Stan. <laughs> uh, just real quick, uh, I guess I can ask y'all. Um, what what's your favorite Marvel character that Stanley created or helped create with Jack Kirby? Daredevil. Daredevil? Yeah. Matt? Well you Montana? Uh yeah, Daredevil. Daredevil. That's tough. Honestly, for like his original creations it's probably gotta be Spider Man because it led yeah. to all the villains that I loved from Spider Man. And that was really what said Marvel off. Yeah, I, I hate, I hate to piggyback on Montana, but Spider, like, I mean, I made a post on my Instagram too. And Spider Man's probably my favorite Marvel superhero. Uh, well, he's. Oh, I'm sure we'll talk more about that later, but like, all right, he's the most relatable superhero. Yes, I think uh, recently though, especially with us, because yeah, we're all poor. <laughs> Recently, though, Doctor Strange is a very interesting character that I've done. I've looked up and stuff and done a little more research. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, like, yeah, he was cool back in 1960-whatever, but <laughs> well, yeah. he basically wasn't anything until classic? No. MCU. Yeah, no, no. Classic uh, Doctor Strange was one of the most powerful beings in the yeah. Marvel Universe. Well, yeah. They only wrote him in for... Like literally did wipe out everything, and then they did a retro and <laughs> killed all, all his powers. Well, saying, like he wasn't mainstream. He wasn't somebody that everyone was following. No. Like the X Men, like oh, Peter Parker, because he's too powerful. And that's the reason why. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, unfortunately, I mean, we got. I mean, there was a rumor what two years ago that he passed away, but that wasn't really true. Yeah. Um. So when I got my when my phone went off that yeah, he actually did pass, I. Googled it first, and um, yeah, I mean, I was at work, so it, it, it hit me pretty hard at work. I mean, I he's just like, honestly, he's, he's one of the big ones for, for us at least. It didn't hit me super hard because he lived, yeah, forever. I mean, all right, so I I think about it the same way I thought of Hugh Hefner. They lived, yeah, they lived well. <laughs> I think, they created something amazing, yeah. And he's 95. You know, like, I'm not, it's not a tragedy to me that at 95 he passes versus when Chester Bennington passed at 43. Like, yeah, if Stanley died at like, yeah, 40, 50, then you'd be like, oh, it's too young. He was too young. I think for me, like, I was just real naive, like, he's never gonna, like, we're all gonna die, but like, Stanley, like, he's gonna live forever. He's not gonna die. He's like, Stanley is gonna live forever. Yeah, I mean, yes, he has, he literally will live. He will go down in history um, forever. He'll be a name people will always know when it comes to the If not, if not um, 
because like, all right. So I was listening to Kevin Smith earlier, and he was saying how his parents were basically the ones who was like, "Hey, this is Stan Lee. He did this." So we have no like real firsthand experience, you know, in the millennial community. We just like we've seen him in his movies. We never read actual his actual books. We haven't really seen firsthand, but we've seen all of his creations and like what's come of them, yeah. and how other people are taking care of what he made, and it's just really interesting. Yeah, you know, that that point that he brought up. We don't have firsthand experience with him. He was passed down to us by the previous generation, and I don't know. It's just it's, it made me think about it a little bit. That's just interesting. Uh, I was watching a documentary before uh, recording, before I came here for us to record. Uh, it's just talking about his his uh, his upbringing. I mean, he loved reading, of course, loved drawing, and uh, what really caught me was he would spend a lot of time at the movie theaters, just escaping reality in, in movies too. Well, and it made me think about. I mean, all of us. I mean, we're all pretty. We all love movies. He was and, coming up in like the. Well, the great. It would have been the depression. Yeah, movies like that was the that was the your getaway. It was no longer like you wore tux to the movies, but you went, it you was still like uh, an experience. It was yeah. still a nickel to get in, and mm -hmm. some of the most classic movies ever were coming out when he was coming of age. As a minority in New York, how about that? The Jew kid grew up to take over the world. Yeah. Well, was the Jew kids also that made Superman that made one of the most yeah. iconic superheroes of all time. Man, something about that community. In that era. In that era, yeah. yeah. They <laughs> know how much their life sucked and that's so they had to create something <laughs> better. No, but, and you know, people think it's like kind of funny because like you mentioned that I had to remind people that Stanley was a minority and you know, people in my office looked at me sideways and like, what? No, he was some old white guy. Guys, no, back in 1930, being a Jew wasn't cool. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> well, they don't because they lived it, and most of them probably didn't in history class. So. I know, but, and, and... People forget that. Yeah, yeah people forget it. People for, And, you know, I have my little stock in, in you know, cheering on minorities, too. Yeah. Miles Morales is our only real hero. <laughs> I'm actually excited about the animated movie coming out. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> so you, you pay attention to little stuff like that, but success stories from minority character, my, he's not a character, minority people, uh, especially in, like, such pop culture that was brought to the forefront, like, I don't know. I just always think about stuff like that and kind of celebrate it a little bit, a little fist pump. Yeah, it's crazy because, I mean, now, I mean, comic books... Or maybe at its highest right now, even even maybe bigger than what it was maybe in the fifties and sixties. But back when he first started, I mean, to be a comic book writer, it like it was, and that I don't want maybe it was frowned upon. But like Stanley, I mean, when people asked him what he did, he just said he was a writer. He wouldn't say he wouldn't say what he wrote but yeah. he would just try to say I'm a writer I'm a writer because comic books back then were and they were made for kids yeah what well, really a proud uh, you know the statement that you just made really has me thinking like 
has the comic book industry ever been really healthy? Or they've always been really concerned about readers and getting it pushed out. Because I feel like kids more now than ever are not picking up comic books. I was going to say, that's what I was going to contradict what you said when you are saying comic books were at their highest. Comic books are at a low point. I think comic book sales. But the intellectual property itself is doing great. Now, maybe I should have said that thing. The movies and the toys that are coming out of it, and that's where they're, that's what's keeping flow. That's what's keeping the culture of it. The culture, okay. The culture. The actual comic book, the thing that I love getting us. Yes. Those $3 little comics and flipping through for five minutes and reading. Now, $3 is so expensive, though. For, yeah, for 10 pages. And then you look at the first issue that Stanley wrote back in 1963 was it 63 or 61 mm-hmm. ooh uh, well X-Men was the first that he created we can agree on that right yes it goes X-Men oh Fantastic. Now, his comic debut was with Captain America foils the oh, Revenge in 1941 yeah. Was he, he was collaborating on that, right? Because um, that I think was he did. that wasn't his character. No, well, yeah, no, but he. Yeah. Oh, that's where his career started. Career started. Oh, career started. started. That was his first time writing in a comic. But he made. I think he, did he make Spider Man first and then X Men first superhero and then Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. Fantastic was Four. Destroyer in Mystic Comics in 1941. But that's Mystic Comics. That was before Marvel, Marvel. and everything. Yeah. Um, Golden Age of comic books. I want to say it was Fantastic Four before anything. Because he created Fantastic... The, the only reason he created Fantastic yeah. Four was he was tired of his boss telling him how to write, how to do comics. Like, well, well how to write comics, really, because Stan Lee wanted yeah. to... He wanted to write a certain way, but his boss was saying, hey, I mean, these comics are made for kids. You need to write like a kid's reading it. And he was almost, he was on his way out, ready to quit. Yeah, because he was working at DC. And then his wife, and then his his wife ended up saying, like, why don't you just create a comic, create a comic book character and write how you want to write. If any, I mean, worst case scenario, you'll get fired. You want to leave anyways. And that's when he created the Fantastic Four. The first superhero leave and his artist Jack Kirby created together was the Fantastic Four. Um, Which from the Fantastic Four... um, And they made Hulk, Thor, Iron Man, X-Men, like everyone we know and love. And then it goes from there. Daredevil and some other crappy Mm -hmm. people. But... I mean, his, his most successful character ever made was Spider-Man, which Spider-Man. we all know hands down. Oh, yeah. That's always been the most su- successful character. It's, it does. Yeah. So kids want to be. Well, Stanley had this... I guess, you, okay, we'll just call him for what he is. He, was, he is a visionary. He was a visionary. And what he did, like, he made comic books relatable. So... Well, if you look at what he created, like, most successful Spider-Man, he made a poor kid struggling to get through school and still have a family life and have his friends and then type superheroes. And so, but you can see all these things that we try to do on a database that pull you in. Yeah, uh, well, he made he made those relatable... No, nobody's going to relate to Superman 
No. Nobody can relate to Batman. Nobody can relate to Green Arrow. Nobody no. can relate to Wonder Woman. Nobody can relate to Martian Manhunter. No. But you look at people X-Men. identify with Spider-Man. People identify with Kitty Pride. People identify with uh, Nightcrawler. People identify with Magneto. Magneto is Malcolm X, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, Professor Xavier was Martin Luther King. Like, he based all these societal narratives into his books, and those were awesome. Yeah. I mean, we were getting, come on, chum, let's go save the day from DC Comics. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, like, what are you doing, Batman? This sounds retarded. Yeah. Batman wasn't cool until like the '80s when Frank Miller took over. And then dark and edgy, and which is the Batman we love. Which yes. is funny because you talk about Batman. I mean, Spider-Man. Uh, in this documentary, Stanley hated teenage sidekicks. He did not. And he's like, why? I'm just gonna make a teenager that will be a hero, which is where Spider-Man came from. Why would this grown-ass man find a a, a nine-year-old boy put him in his bandit wheel him around all over town <laughs> finding crime that looks suspicious to me yeah it's a, it's, it's, it is a weird it really is if you look back and just kind of look at it as a whole okay. it's very weird but yeah. yeah he created teenage superheroes that made more than just kids look into it teenagers started getting into it too well he also going back to Zeke's um, notes on him liking literature he read. He read a lot. Insatiably, this yes. kid read. And if you notice throughout literature, throughout history, heroes are always in coming-of-age stories. Heroes are always 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 years old. They're not adults. They're not adults, no. They are kids learning to do something. Mm-hmm. And he just took that idea from classic literature and applied it to today. And it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And really, with Marvel, I see they they really took on the heavier issues with a lot of stuff. Like yeah. Like they had the first gay, openly gay comic book, and that was comic book That was huge when that came out. Well, they had the first, first gay marriage, all black yeah. comic. Like oh my god. Like they, in the sixties, they know, went to study yeah, stuff. What was this? Completely taboo. Things that no one. Mm-hmm. That DC or any other comic would never even think about touching, and he's like, "No, oh. let's do it." Yeah, because Stan Lee was someone who just loved all people. You can tell from everything that he just loved everyone. He wanted everyone to be. Yeah, you wanted everyone to yeah, be represented, to be included, yeah, included. And Luke Cage, Black Panther. Yeah, female superheroes, male superheroes, heroes of color, heroes of well, heroes of every color. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it didn't matter. Yeah. You look at like the smaller things, like Xavier. He was handicapped. He couldn't, yeah. But he was still one of the most. He put his mind to something. He was the one of the most strongest psychics there were. Yeah, and and I just I wish I liked the more current comics more because like the more we talk about it, the more I'm like, man, Marvel really is great. It is great. It's just stale. I would say now, a lot of stuff. Marvel comics out of the, the new stuff yeah. they're coming out, it's rehashed and the same thing. Do you think it's lost its luster from whenever you started it? Is that because of the uh, 
sorry, hold on, two-part question. Why does it feel stale now? And two, if so, is it because of the saturation at the beginning? I think the saturation has to do with a big part because we have, there's so many different types of comic coming at us, movies, TVs, like it's coming every which direction. It used to just be just the comics. It might be a crappy TV show. Or a but this because Marvel's putting out a lot, like not just like their superheroes, but Marvel has their hands in a lot of um, properties that but, they're making into comics. So I mean, it could be that. Just but isn't this what we asked for? Isn't this what we always dreamed of? Yeah, and, and I'm saying I don't love every minute. I will still no. see every movie that comes out, but when it comes to the comics, the thing that Marvel's always done differently than DC. DC's done hard reboots where they completely start over. Like, yeah, redo the universe completely from start one. Mm-hmm. Marvel only does soft reboots where they just kind of change things up. They never really do a full reboot. Yeah, that's true. And well, for me, it's really easy to get into those DC properties exactly. like Rebirth. Super easy. Well, because it started Rebirth one. You started reading. Is it? You don't need to know anything proper. No. You start reading. The thing was, but if yeah. you want New Fifty Two, still relevant. It's still there. Yeah. It's still. We'll teach you some stuff about it, but you don't need it. Yep. The thing about Marvel, software, but you still kind of need to know what happened before. <laughs> like when all the all-new X-Men kind of stuff that's coming out, you really need to look and watch or read House of M and read all the other stuff. But uh, it was, uh, I don't know. I don't know where, I guess Stan Lee is more just a, a figurehead, was a figurehead. For a while now. Well, he hasn't been writing and creating. Like, he probably still has fingering a couple of things, but... Makes convention cycle going around in different conventions and movie cameos. Yeah. He's living. <laughs> he was living. I mean, he was... Uh, he, had, he had the life we would all just love to have. <laughs> yeah. I think... Uh, I think... I, I won't make... Well, this isn't really comic book related, but another thing I read was... meeting his wife... He spent a lot of time drawing, and he would draw images of, like, the perfect girl, perfect woman, and he's going to this social meeting. He's going to meet this other girl. This, I guess he was getting set up with the, another woman, and his future wife ended up, Joan, ended up answering the door, and he said, I think he openly says to her, like, I want to marry you, or one day we're going to get married. <laughs> That's awesome. And... Stanley even says in an interview, like the pictures, the the pictures that he drew, like they were her, and she he didn't even know her, but that just that happened was to be her likeness. That's just like awesome. man, I, I was like, man, that's freaking adorable. Like <laughs> <laughs> Stanley, that's freaking awesome. They had a great life together. Like she, oh, just, yeah, she passed a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and he still kicked it for a couple more after, but they were together forever, like creating an empire together. What year yeah. did they get married? Did we look that up? Oh, Can you look that up? I looked that up. I'll look it up. You all keep talking. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just remember, like, just hearing the things he did. I mean, he was so happy to get a bike when he was 10 so he could, I mean, in the summer just be free to ride a bike. And he was so grateful and to have this bike. It was like you, you were giving him 
key to the city. Well, yeah, I mean, very grateful kid. Again, when he it's the time he grew up and a kid that didn't have much, didn't have much, and he was grateful for what he for what he had. Uh, and you always you always cheer for someone like that because he wasn't a huge. Well, from what we understand, he wasn't a huge dick. He, so he married a Joan in December fifth, nineteen forty-seven. Okay. And then forty-nine, a couple bought a house in New York on Long Island. Back when it was like fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah. Or ten thousand dollars <laughs> to buy a house. But um, Damn, they were together for a long time. Yeah. And just he was. What, he was born in 22 to 47, so he was 25 whenever they got married. He died at 95. Yeah, 50 years. He lived. 25 to 95? Whatever it is. 70 years. 70 years. Math with Montana. No, I'm in my strong suit. But, um, yeah, just, I mean, Stan Lee, he gave us... Everything. Everything. I mean, everything, everything we are. I he mean, laid the groundwork. He, so he was a creator for, what we say, 10 years. And then he made Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, Hulk, Hulk X-Men, Thor, Hulk, Thor, Zero, Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange, Black Panther. He made everybody who was important today in 10 years. In 10 years... That's crazy. Back he, like a million years ago. Well, and then he started a company around those ten characters that became worth billions. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it almost didn't happen because it, he was told to write this way. Yep. To write a certain way. And, and what and what something different. His, yeah. Else. His big break was taking a risk, creating. Uh, the Fantastic Four, and it, it all worked out. He did the thing we know was all the scariest, literally the scariest <laughs> thing in the world, is taking that leap, yeah. Yeah. jumping off and trying something scary that could just ultimately fail and you lose everything. Huh. And I mean, it's definitely he did it successfully. He did it more than successfully. <laughs> yeah. Like, y'all have been, y'all have always been big DC fans. Like, Batman's always been your favorite. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But not me. Like, I've always been a Marvel fanboy. X-Men has always been my number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've always loved it. I've always grown up more Marvel than DC ever. I've always loved the stuff more. So, like, he really yeah. shaped my childhood and what I watched and what I took in. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to say he didn't shape my childhood. Like, <laughs> no, I don't. He like, all I mean, of our childhoods, honestly. I mean, growing up, like, uh, yeah, it was Batman, Batman, until I got introduced to... Uh, X-Men and, and, and Spider-Man and I was like, well, whoa. My first exposure to Marvel was the the X-Men TV show, mm-hmm. the Spider-Man TV show. Yeah. Yes. So then I started collecting Spider-Man comics. I think Spider-Man comics were the only actual comics to collect for a while. Now I just buy the stories that I like, like House of M, Old Man Logan. Yeah. Oh, uh, awesome. You know, stuff like that. But, um, so what's your, all right, we'll, we'll do this. Go around this, how we'll close it. Give me your favorite stuff that Stan Lee had, like, what's your favorite part of his legacy? So, 
his legacy. Yeah. Um, Honestly, for me, like, it's taking away from, like, X-Men and, honestly, like, my outlook on the world and people. Like, I try not to be too overly negative about things that are different. Oh, really? Be accepting of others. <laughs> I, I love people. I love everyone. And I, I'm inclusive of everyone. I, you are. I don't judge people for their background or what they've done in their life. And I don't know if that's just me or something that I didn't pick up from that, but I... I, I kind of hope it is from <laughs> something he created. Xavier's school for gifted youngsters. Yeah, because it had no. shaped my life that I know it did someone else's too. Yeah. So. Oh, for sure. I think it was an escape for a lot of people. And you know, it ended up being kind of a moral beacon. Mm-hmm. I, I think, in a way, his characters you know, end up shaping people like you really connect with these ideals you really want this to be true like you want captain america to be it you want not cyclops screw that guy you want professor x to be it you know and then you know as you grow up you realize hey magneto wasn't a bad guy no his methods just really sucked but he was shaped this way you know i just i love the social commentary i love it so much and when you actually read and ask what they're actually saying, look at the whole, really see what's going on. It's awesome. I, I think my favorite, my 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 part of his legacy was the the characters he made were like ideals that we look up to. Mm-hmm. That that's that's it for me. I'm pretty sure. I think for me, and and, and it was today just watching the documentary like. Where was this documentary? I just looked it up on YouTube. Okay. Um, it was an old, it was an older documentary. I think it was before the Spider-Man movie came out. Like, but like, what really struck home was like this almost didn't happen. Like he was on his way out, and it was just taking that risk. Which, like Montana said, like that's the hardest thing for people yeah, to do. That's, the and that's thing. hard. I mean, and that's I mean, that's what holds all of us back. Yeah. And I just kind of, like, after I watched it, I was kind of just, I wrote down, like, some things I want to do, and it's like, well, what's keeping me from, what's keeping me from doing this? Just, it, it made me, it made me reflect on myself. What do? Yeah, and it's like, what would Stan Lee do? <laughs> yeah. And you know, I just, it just made me just look deep inside, and it's like, okay, what's keeping me from being the person I want to be at 30 years old? Like, I say I'm old, but we're, we're still, babies. We that still guy have, lived in 95. Yeah, like, we still have a lot of life. To live and how can I make like how can I celebrate this next seventy years? <laughs> that can make this next seventy years fucking awesome. Yeah, but uh, I think I'm working solely towards that second job. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll finish school. I'll, I'll get money to finish school, and I'm I'm getting there. It's... We all need to just take a anybody listening, just take a. Take a little bit, Stanley, what he did. Just try something new. Take a step out and just grow your life just a little better. I'll make a bracelet. Pop what, Stan. Would you, what would yeah. Stanley do? What would <laughs> Papa Stan? Hey, he was an awesome person. He made the some of the most cool characters ever. Yeah. Most important. Definitely most important. I, oh, for I me. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think I think that's pretty much what we got. Yeah, for Stanley. Yeah. 
I could ramble on about just random Marvel stuff all day, but when it comes down to Stanley, like, yeah. He was a man. He was. He's a cool dude. He went to how many fan expos? Like, no matter how old he got, and he was always welcoming to his fans. Yes. He was working. And we'd see him in the next five Marvel movies. Marvel uh, movies. Look, us in the heartstrings. I'm, I'm excited to see what they're. I, I think they're gonna do some sort of farewell. <clears throat> yeah. The last one, or um, either at this next movie or. In, in, in Infinity War 2 or in the very final I don't know which though that, that'd be my guess alright well wrap it up right put a bow on it Z put a bow on it <laughs> um, well just real quick before this is going to get released Wednesday before Thanksgiving um, let's just go around the table and say something that we're thankful for since this is dropping Thanksgiving Day Stanley related uh, you know what? More it, doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be oh, life-related. Life-related. Life oh, God. Just life-related. Gotta get deep. Um, since this is dropping Wednesday of Thanksgiving week, so... Okay, everyone's staring at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, I hate stuff like this. The feels. You're yeah. so bad at emotions. God, I hate feels. <laughs> um, I am thankful that... I don't know, man. I'm just completely thankful right now. I am at peace. Um, I was a really shitty person not very long ago, it feels like. And, you know, I got what I deserved in a lot of areas of my life. But now I feel like, you know, I've been working and working and trying to do better. I feel like I am better. So I'm just thankful for where I'm at. That's all. Um, I'll say that I'm thankful for just all the friends and family I have in my life right now. They, I mean, things haven't been, it's been probably a rough two or three years, but, um, you know, I mean, Matt and Montana, y'all been seeing y'all every week, motivating me to do, try some new things have definitely been, been awesome. And my, my, I do like that this is a regular thing. My other friends uh, that I hang out two weekly, like they've been all encouraging and supporting my I mean, this project that we're doing together. So it's good to get some positive feedback on me trying new things and y'all having faith in me that I was yeah, all the benefit you here. You, I, I have all the faith that you yeah. have but stuff. <laughs> I'm just gonna give it. I'm thinking for that stuff. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, we're gonna stop it right there, guys. Thanks for tuning in. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. No, honestly, I'm thankful for this right here, what we're doing it's every true. Tuesday. Yep. Mostly every Tuesday. But if, if we're not playing, like playing us, some risk. taking kind of this leap and doing this has been, like, I don't care. Slow and imperfect. It's slow and imperfect, but it's been a blast. Every Tuesday, we have a good time. We have fun with each other. It's honestly gave me a new best friend. Like, Nancy. We didn't really know, yeah, we yeah, didn't really didn't know each other beforehand. We didn't really and know. It gives me a reason to come see you, see your baby, see, see everybody that I never saw before that. So, yeah. that keeps me connected with my friends and the people I love. So. Okay, that's too many feels. Zeke, take us out. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, thanks, Zeke. <laughs> <laughs>